Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. It's such a privilege to have John Withers and Andreen. Please go and see them after the service. But let's welcome the man of God as he brings the word of God today. Well, good morning, everyone. Did you know that this is the day that the Lord has made? And therefore, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, I've been the last couple of years, and each time I see progress, blessing, growth, and uh, just tremendous to be here. Uh, my right-hand man was here just not so long ago, Ian and Sue Watson. I think he preached one of my messages. Was he any good? I don't know whether you can remember him. <laughs> But um, And he was just telling me the blessing of God and everything that goes on. Now, it's already been quite long, so I'm going to get right into things straight away and not mess around, um, but only to say that Andreen, who's with me, it's uh, tremendous this, this last year. I think some of you were praying for her. She hadn't been very well a year ago. Uh, she was diagnosed with cancer. But how many of you know, not only can God heal a cold, he can heal a cancer. He's the God of the miraculous. And so when I hear testimonies of things like the, uh, the ministry that Nathan's involved in or the things that can happen on the streets here in Cambridge, I want to tell you it doesn't have to be in Cambridge and it doesn't have to be in America. All over the world, God's spirit is moving and he's a God that heals today. Will someone say amen? And so, uh, yeah, a year ago, Andrew was diagnosed. I call her now. I've got a new name for my wife. I call her my little semicolon. Because she's had half a colon removed. And uh, they removed the colon. She's only got half a colon. But um, she, <laughs> apart from that, she's totally whole and doing well. And uh, so absolutely great. Great that she's traveling with me. Okay, now Phil has told me that this is one of the most intelligent congregations in the British Isles. Is that right? Well, what we're going to do is find out. I don't want anything going up on the screen just yet. I'm going to read to you a scripture. And then what I want to do is ask you a question. And we'll see whether or not you get it right. The question that I'm going to ask after I've read this to you. It says in the book of Psalms, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Say, I will. Mm, Very good. It goes on and it says, I will set him on high. Say, I will. will. Set him on high. Because he has known my name, he shall call upon me and I will will answer him. It says, come on, I will be with him in trouble. It says, I will deliver him and honor him and with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Here's the question. We'll see whether or not you're intelligent. What do you think the most uh, quoted part of that scripture was? Spot on. (laughs) I will. Right, let me ask you another question. Here we go. I'm going to read one more scripture and then we'll get into the word of God. This time though, not from the book of Psalms, from the book of Genesis. It says, when Abraham was 99 years of age, the Lord appeared to him and said, no, it doesn't say that. 
when he was 99 years of age, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am. I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And <laughs> you're scared now. And it says, I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that just as we've sensed right throughout today something of your lovely divine presence, that your word will be anointed and that you would confirm your word with signs and wonders following. I pray, almighty God, that this day there won't be one person that will not sense something of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to talk to you this morning, and you can put up the title now, when the I am speaks the I will. When the I am speaks the I will. You see, one of the names of God is I am. And when Abraham was 99, not 90, but 99 years of age, the Lord appeared to him and he said, I am the almighty God. Actually, he was giving a revelation of his name. He was actually saying, I am El Shaddai. I am the God that is all bountiful. I am the God that is the all-sufficient one. I am the God that is actually more than enough to meet your every need. And when God spoke to Abraham at 99 years of age, that's what he was saying. He was giving a picture through his name of who he was. I am all bountiful, all-sufficient, more than enough. To meet your every need. I'm so delighted that when I read the scriptures from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, we get a wonderful picture of El Shaddai, a God that's always enough to meet people's every need. Can you remember when Moses, he led the children of Israel out from Egypt, the Egyptians were chasing them, and then there was a problem. It was a massive problem. They couldn't go forward because there was the huge Red Sea. They couldn't turn to the left or the right because of the mountainous area. And so they realized they were going to perish. Apart from El Shaddai was there. The Almighty God was with Moses. He said, what's that in your hand? It's a rod. He lifted it up and the waters parted. It says that the waters became as congealed waters. I think that's probably ice. I don't know. But I can imagine God blowing on the waters and the waters part and they're able to march across on dry land. And then he blows again and the waters come crashing down on the enemy. Why was that? Because of El Shaddai. Because of a God that could meet their every need. Do you remember when there was a guy and he was thrown into a den with a load of lions. I mean, these were hungry lions. Don't tell me they didn't have any teeth. Don't tell me that they weren't hungry. Uh, this was a sport to be watched as people were ripped apart and eaten. Daniel is certainly about to lose his life apart from one thing. Also in the den was El Shaddai, the almighty God that was with Daniel. And those mouths of the lions they were kept closed and Daniel was saved. Uh, can you remember when a little boy strode into a valley to face a great, big, huge giant? By the way, can I tell you this? That did you know that Goliath was a stone heavier when he was dead than when he was alive? <laughs> Think about it. 
You see, something entered his head that day that had never entered it before. Oh, you're not with me. The sling went round, the stone went into the head, and he went forward. And David uh, was the great victor. He was the victor. It tells us that the whole of the Israelites were the victors. And it was all because God had provided them that victory. It was because El Shaddai was with him. You turn into the pages of the New Testament, it's the same story. It doesn't matter where you look. The great God who is more than enough to meet people's every need is revealed time and time again. Uh, Lord, we can't do anything. Let's send the people back. There's too many people here to feed. 15,000, 20,000 people. Have you read the miracle? You say, I thought it was the feeding of the 5,000. No, it doesn't say that in the Bible. It says there were 5,000 men besides the women and children. The feeding was probably of 10, 15, 20,000 people. And how did it all happen? It was because a little boy stepped forward and presented his loaves and fishes. Uh, I, I think that that little boy became his mother's pride. And the bread became the wonder loaf. Listen, you're not really with me, are you? <laughs> I think we'll scrap the jokes today. The truth is this, that the El Shaddai, the almighty God of the Old Testament, that revealed himself to Abraham, was the God that was with Moses, was with Daniel, was with David, and was with that little boy. Uh, and he's always one that comes and is able to... Can you remember? Lord... This is ridiculous. You've come too late. I mean, this really is now not a miracle that's required. It's too late. Our brother is dead. And what words come out of the mouth of Jesus? He says, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I'm so glad he said, Lazarus, come forth. If he hadn't said Lazarus, I think every tomb would have opened and everybody would have risen from the dead and come jumping out of the graves. Lazarus, come forth. The Bible tells me that Lazarus still bound comes jumping out of the tomb. Why? Because of El Shaddai. Because of the almighty God. The God that actually promises to be here this morning. Where you meet in my name, there I am. Right there. You see, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament is the God of the present. He doesn't say, I used to be El Shaddai. He doesn't say, I will be El Shaddai, although he was and he will be. But in the present tense, God reveals himself as one who comes and is the I am, the almighty God, the one that is more than enough to meet our every need. I like it very, very much. He comes and he says to Abraham, I'm going to make you a promise. Now, what a promise it was. He promises this man, I don't want this to worry you at all, Ralph, here. But he was 99 years of age and God said, you can have some kids. <laughs> now, don't, 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 no, listen, no, don't, don't worry about it. I, I mean, you've got another nine years to go yet before. <laughs> She's saying, pass me them tablets quick. Oh. 
I mean, can you imagine if on the way home, I was driving home and I said to Ange, Ange, she's not 99, by the way. <laughs> Half a colon, but not 99. <laughs> and I said to her, sweetheart, I was, I was sitting in the meeting today at Cambridge and I felt God speak to me. And she says, oh, yes, what did he say? I said, well, get ready, sweetheart, when we get home. We're not going to watch Liverpool beat Manchester United. Although, prophetically, that's going to happen. If it doesn't now, you'll also false prophet, aren't you? But it will, it, it, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. <laughs> I say, but actually, sweetheart, we've only, we've only got the three kids, six grandchildren. God's told me there's still life in this old boy yet. We're going to have some more. Do you know what? She'd say, remove that other half of me colon. Get rid of it. <laughs> that's what happened not quite that but when God spoke to Abraham and Abraham went back and told his wife who was by the way your age so she was you know hadn't had any children and God says listen you're gonna have kids they're gonna be so numerous that they're gonna be more than the stars of the sky what a, what a ridiculous thing have you ever tried to count the stars at night one two three four five six. Oh, I missed one. Better go back in. God says, no, no, no. Hang on a minute. You haven't grasped this, Abraham. It's going to be more than the dust of the air. Have you ever seen a ray of light when there's little bits of particles of dust in? Ever tried to count the bits of dust? It's impossible. He says a third time. He says, listen, not just the stars of the sky or the dust of the air. Your seed. And the generation of the generations from your seed is going to be such that it will be more numerous than the sand upon the sand shore. Okay. Might be somebody that just needs a little bit of help at the back there. Just keep going with it. It's okay. God is here. And so when you begin to think of the miraculous power of God and all that can take place, God speaks and says that your seed, Abraham, now is going to be more than the sand of the shore, the stars in the sky, or the dust in the air. You can imagine that when he told his wife, she laughed. It can't happen. It's an impossibility. Do you know what? Today, you go to the north and the south, the east and the west, in every country of this great globe of ours, there is the seed of Abraham. As right throughout the nations of the world, the Jewish nation is to be found. Why? Because when the I am says something, it comes to pass. It's absolutely assured. The trouble with the Bible is this, that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament is written in Greek. And sometimes there is not quite the correct Translation that can come from the original language. And the Old Testament, when it's written in the Hebrew, we read in the English, I will. But it's not quite strong enough. You see, I will is the strongest thing that I can, I can possibly say to someone. So what's your name, sorry? Carolina. Nice name, Carolina. I'm going to make you a promise right now that I will do something. See, I can't say anything stronger than that. I'm not saying I might. I, I'm not going to say I possibly will. I'm going to tell you I will come off this platform and shake 
your hand. I will do it, Carolina, Lena, whatever it is. <laughs> so what happens is, I will do it. I come off and I shake your hand. I will. Now we're going to see what a good actress you are, Carolina. This is your moment of glory, love. <laughs> Carolina, when I say that again, I want you to put your hands behind your back and make it impossible for me to shake your hand, okay? So watch this. Get ready for your acting bit. <laughs> Carolina! Carolina! <laughs> Carol! <laughs> I will come and shake your hand. So I get off and I come and I... I can't do it. You see, on that occasion, although I made a promise I will, there was something outside of myself that made that promise to not be able to be fulfilled. Mm. Or if I said, I will shake your hand, and I begin, and I drop down dead, then although I've said, and I will, it's not able to be fulfilled, because of my own limitations. But when we read I will in the Bible, the Hebrew that it's translated from carries with it a certainty that when God says I will, there is nothing outside of his bounds or nothing within his own being that can stop that coming to pass. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So when he says, I will, we can be absolutely assured that it will happen. In fact, there's a, a scripture even in, in Greek, and it says this in John's Gospel. Whatsoever things you shall ask in my name, I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But a better translation would be this. If you ask anything in my name... If I don't have it, I will create it for you. Are you with me this morning? He's a creator God. When the I am says I will, we can rest in the fact that it surely is going to happen. No demon in hell, no circumstance on planet earth can rob God's word coming to pass. Now on seven occasions... I read to you from the book of Psalms in the last couple of verses, I will, I will. Seven is an interesting number. It's the number of completion, the number of perfection. We're not going to look at those seven promises, but just let me pick out a couple of them and then we'll move on and I'll pray and sit down because you've had such a, a wonderful service this morning. But listen to this. I believe that I come this morning to remind you that God is here, the El Shaddai, the almighty God, to say to some of you here, I will, according to the book of Psalms, deliver him. He's a delivering God. You say, John, what are you talking about? We usually talk about deliverance has to do with demons and are you saying that God will deliver this morning from demons? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is a delivering God. And I think that many Christians need deliverance. You say, John, what do you mean? 
Well, there are some things that bind us up. And even though whom the sun sets free is free indeed, some people don't enter into the full freedom that God's got for them. So they remain still bound up. And they can remain all bound up because of all kinds of things. Perhaps some sinful habit that's never, ever been able to be broken. And you pray about it and what have you, but still, 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 still. I've got some news for us this morning. We're in the presence of a God that says, I will deliver you. I don't, I don't care what it is that binds you up. Jesus is a deliverer. He sets people free. It, it could be some memory. Oh, I like this little phrase. When the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! And sometimes it is that we don't enter into all that God's got for us because constantly we're reminded of the way that we let God down or things that have happened in the past. I want to tell you he's somebody who, who sets us gloriously free. This morning he comes and he says, I will deliver you. Could be that there's some here that have a situation or a circumstance that seems almost impossible. He specializes in things thought impossible it's a god that can deliver do you need healing then he's the healer do you need a financial breakthrough he's the one that can bring it do you need restoring so that the joy of the lord again becomes your strength the circumstances of life have caused you to be bogged down but this morning in this great atmosphere god comes and he says i will deliver you there can be all kinds of things that happen impossible situations of which nobody else knows about but he's a delivering god today and then there's another one another little promise here remember i said to you as we read it together i will answer you if you call on my name he's not only delivering god he's a prayer answering god as well I'll guarantee that Ralph's testimony, my testimony is exactly the same, that time after time after time after time, we've called on the name of the Lord and he's heard us and answered our prayers. He's that kind of a God. <laughs> Bible says this in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, call to me and I will answer you and I will uh, show you mighty things of which you didn't even know. In Mark's Gospel it says, Therefore I say to you, whatsoever you things you desire, when you pray, believe that you will receive them, and you shall have them. And I've already quoted you John's Gospel, whatsoever you shall ask in the Father's name, he will give it to you. Okay, well, I want to tell you this. I don't like everybody in church. Do you? You're looking at me gone out now. I thought it was time for confession. I mean, some people in church, you don't hear preaching like this very often, but I'm telling the truth, they are pains in the proverbial. Isn't that, you're looking at me, Garnett. There are loads of people in church I wouldn't want to go on holiday with. Boring, negative, grumpy. Now, there was a lady in my first church where we pioneered, her name, I'll tell you this because you won't know her, her name, Isabel. That should give you a clue for a start. Isabel. She was the biggest pain I've come across in church. 
As a young pastor, I would preach. But every Sunday, rather than being encouraging and helping, she always found something wrong. Call me pastor. So at the end of the service, she'd come looking for me. Now, I'm not given to exaggeration. She was about 382 years of age. (laughs) She'd never been married. I wonder why. (laughs) And she'd come up, she'd go, Pastor, Pastor. You were too long today. You didn't have enough scriptures today. You were too short today. The music was too loud today. We didn't sing enough hymns today. When I saw Isabel coming along the road in Bedeth, I would cross over quickly so I didn't have to bump into her. But she was like Hawkeye. Pastor! Pastor! Now, one day she came to me. She said, Pastor! I thought, oh, here we go. She said, do you know what happened to me last week? I said, no. She said, I was walking along the road. It was about seven o'clock at night. It was just turning dusk. There was a full moon. (laughs) The wind was blowing through the leaves of the trees. In my mind, I could hear the wolves. She said. (laughs) She said, and then suddenly, as I'm walking, I realized there was somebody following me. Well, if I'd have been Isabel, I'd have been delighted because nobody ever followed Isabel. (laughs) She said, I could tell it was a man. Well, what would you do? You'd slow up, wouldn't you? No, no. She said, so I quickened my pace. This is what she told me. And the man behind me quickened his pace as well. She said, then I realized he was right behind me. And I turned around and it was as if he was going to pounce on me. So I prayed. Now, Isabel did not have the opportunity to pray a long prayer. She was not able to say, Dear Heavenly and Gracious Loving Father, right at this time I'm in a little bit of a mess. There is a big ugly man that is about to jump on me. I'll be very grateful to you, my Lord and Heavenly Father, my Saviour, my coming King, if you would... She wasn't able to do that. This is what she did. She went... In the name of Jesus. I said, what happened? She said, he took one look at me and ran away. (laughs) Between you and me, anybody would have ran away. (laughs) She had a newspaper. She pulled out the newspaper and said, look at this. And in the Bedworth Echo, the Bedworth Echo, About half an hour later, in a road that ran parallel with the one that Isabel was on, an elderly lady was attacked, knocked to the ground, and her handbag and purse were stolen. That would have happened to Isabel without a shadow of a doubt. See, what I didn't tell you about Isabel is she knew the power of prayer. And she knew the power that there was in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, hear me well on this. The name of Jesus is not a magical formula. In fact, hold on to your seats. Absolutely the truth I'm going to tell you now. I don't know whether this happened to Nathan or not, but Jesus got saved under my ministry. Look at me gone out. It's true. 
I did a crusade in Portugal. And lots of people came out. And I'm shaking hands with people. Hello, hello, Manuel, Manuel. I went to this one person. I said, what's your name? They said, Jesus. I said, no, 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 no. He's the one that saved you. What's your name? They said, Jesus. I said, no, no, no. He's the saviour. What's your name? They said, Jesus. You see, actually, in South, in South America, he must have come across this time and time again. There are lots of people whose name is Jesus, Jesus. It's, a, it's like John. It's as common as that. It's not enough just to think that if you're a Christian, you say, in the name of Jesus, that's it. No, 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 no. It's not a magical formula. You see, Isabel knew the person and the power that was in the name of the one that is above every name. She knew Jesus as Lord and Savior. She knew him as coming king. She knew him. So when she said, in the name of Jesus, it wasn't just some magical formula that she'd learned. She was talking about the authority that was hers, invested as a daughter of the living God, because she had been born again. Hmm. The end of the story is this, that Isabel became one of my best friends. She was a senior lady. She's in glory now. I think she's in glory now. She's, 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 she's in glory now. She's gone to heaven now. She told me that she prayed for me every day. And every month I would meet her. She lived just on the same little estate as us every Every month I got so I would meet her and we would pray together and she taught me some principles of prayer and she was a great, great lady. Sometimes God sends people into your life that you might not initially like, but they can be brought in to do a work in you, not in them. And she was a great, great lady. The, person, the, the, the reason I'm telling you that story is this, because there is still power in the name of the Lord Jesus. There is power in prayer. And the El Shaddai says to somebody this morning, I will deliver you. And to someone else, he says, I will answer you. If you'll call on my name, what is it that you have a prayer request about? He answers prayer. Let's come to the third and the final thing. There was seven in all, but it also said, I will satisfy him. Hmm. You've done your acting. I'll do a bit of acting now. You've done your acting. It's all right. I'm going to do some acting now. Is that okay? But I'm not as good as you. In fact, I've tried this before and it didn't work. So I don't know why I'm doing it again this morning. I'm going to do an impersonation of somebody. You've got to guess who it is. I can't get no bomb. Thank you. <laughs> I can't get no. Who was that, by the way? Yes, yeah, somebody said Les Dawson. It was another. <laughs> it was Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger, they had a song. I can't get no satisfaction. Um, I, uh, I had a, the opportunity of walking around Cambridge yesterday. We had a lovely, lovely day. We came a day early. And uh, I, I heard thousands of people singing Mick Jagger's song. I can't get no satisfaction. I mean, they weren't, they weren't singing the words, but I looked at their faces. Andrean went into Marks and Sparks. I don't know what it is about ladies and Marks and Sparks. They're all over the world. You can have, you know, oh, Marks and Sparks, Marks and Sparks. Okay, sweetheart, I'll find a little seat. Together with all the other old blokes. What are you doing here? <laughs> 
How long have you been here? Three and a half weeks. <laughs> the people you live next to, if they don't know Jesus, they're singing Mick Jagger's song. I can't get no satisfaction. The truth is, you see, that we're living in a day and in an age when the devil comes along and tries to counterfeit satisfaction so people try drugs they'll try a pill or they'll try an injection they might turn to booze escapism fame fortune status designer goods bigger homes faster cars sex with multiple partners but still they sing the song i can't get no satisfaction it's a lifelong problem Solomon, in his book of Ecclesiastes, writes that he'd tried it all, he'd been there, he'd done it, he'd had it all, and yet where was the meaning to life itself? There was no profit, no purpose, no progress, no pleasure that brought long, real satisfaction. Vanity of vanities, the book of Ecclesiastes says. All is vanity. The living know they'll die, and the dead they know nothing. So what's the conclusion of the matter? What's the conclusion? Fear God and keep his commandments. No real satisfaction. I meet even Christians that, although they're born again, still there's an area within their lives, they know there's more, they're, 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 and there always is more, but there's, there's a dissatisfaction that really needs to be filled by a God who can come and meet with us today. Because he's here and says, I will satisfy you. I wonder this morning, is it you need deliverance? You need to be set free from something. Then the I am says, I will. I, I wonder whether you need God to answer a prayer that's in your heart. Then the I am says, I'm willing to answer your prayer. I wonder whether this morning it is that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior or perhaps you don't. Perhaps you're here for the first time or you've been many times. But you still are not certain that you'd go to heaven if you were to die today. And yet God says, well, I will grant you satisfaction. I'll give you a brand new start. You could be a Christian and still need God to do that. Hmm. Let's draw it to a close, this simplicity of this message. I, uh, I, I did want to try and bring somebody with me today to honor you and... Unfortunately, he, he couldn't come, Prince Charles. <laughs> Personal friend of Andrew and mine, we've been with him several times. That's not a joke, actually, but in fact, I've got a story whereby his brother was walking through the palace grounds. This is the true story. It happened last year. She hates me telling this. I've never told a congregation this before. This is true. We're walking through the palace grounds. And somebody that was with, what was his name? The Duke of Gloucester, is it? Duke of Gloucester. Prince Charles's brother, at any rate, he's there. And he's got kind of a, a guard with him. And this guard comes up to Andreen and says, Oh, madam, would you like to have a few words and talk with the prince? She got that scared. She went, Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, what, what, what? The poor prince was going, <laughs> Only the queen will do for me, she said. Oh. Prince Charles, Prince Charles. Did you know he's got many, many titles? I've given you one name of God, El Shaddai. But actually, Prince Charles, he's got, he's got loads. 
He's the heir apparent to the crown. He's his royal highness, the prince of Wales. He's the Duke of Cornwall, the knight of the garter. He's the colonel-in-chief of the royal regiment of Wales. He's the Duke of Rothesay, the knight of the thistle, the commander of the royal navy. He's the great master of the order of Bath. He's the Earl of Chester, the Earl of Carrick, the Baron of Renfrew, the Lord of the Isles. He's the great shepherd of Scotland. And if he was to come today, we would probably bow a little bit and say, Your Royal Highness. My question as I close. I wonder by which title William and Harry address him. I think they would say, Dad. Because that's what he is to them. And I've tried to paint a picture in words of a most wonderful, great, magnificent God that even the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. I've given you one of his names, El Shaddai, all bountiful, all magnificent. God that's more than enough. And yet, to many of us this morning, we can say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And to many of us this morning, I think we can approach him as a son and a daughter and say, Father, will you speak a promise? Will you say, I will? Father, will you say, and I will, to my situation? And through the simplicity of what I say, he says, son, daughter, I will this morning deliver you. He says, this morning I will answer you if you'll call on my name. He says, I will satisfy you. When the I am speaks the I will, it's outside the bounds of limitation. It most certainly will happen. So will you let him do a miracle for you? Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless, and goodbye.